Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. I'm this week's host, Dixie Cochran, here with Danielle Lozon. Hello. And Eddie Webb. Hello. Hi, everybody. I feel like it's been a long time since I've been on the podcast. It has been. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Weeks and weeks and weeks have gone by. You guys are going off making characters without me and running games. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why do you, you suck? I, I don't whoa, know. Whoa. Whoa. I, that... You're not wrong. I do suck. I mean, she's correct. No. <laughs> we don't need to start this off with just object antagonism, people. <laughs> the whole point of this episode was to welcome Danielle to the team, but I don't oh, know. I feel like that's a good welcome. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think we should be kind. <laughs> you should be kind to me. That doesn't mean I have to be kind to you back. Yes, I mean, yes, yes it does. <laughs> that's how the rules are written. I mean, we have to be kind to her, so that's, that's, that's how it's all going. <laughs> I don't remember that being in my contract, but okay. <laughs> be nice to Danielle. It's, it's, it's in, it's in uh, section 9.4. It's in subclause <laughs> B two A. <laughs> that said, um, I know listeners have been hearing Danielle on the podcast a lot recently. Uh, we've kind of made a couple little notes, like, "Oh, you're going to be hearing her more." But if you've noticed, um, you know, names, names, colors changing in discords and things like that, uh, D has been brought on as a in-house person like the rest of us um we've been shuffling some stuff around because we're always trying to evolve and change things here at onyx path publishing mm-hmm. um a lot of my like to be to be frank project management not my forte <laughs> i mm-hmm. have found out over the past few years good at other stuff not great at filing contracts and things on time quickly that's just not what i'm great at mm-hmm. uh, so we're moving some stuff around you've noticed that danielle has been doing all the updates for exalted recently so of course you have taken over that yep how are you feeling about that so far how's the how's how's the team been the past few months um you know it's been pretty good actually um we've had some good movement forward lots of communication some new developers that we've been trying out on some of the smaller books so it's been pr- kind of cool that's awesome are you um having the same thing i did when you- i mean i guess probably not so much because you wrote on essays and stuff because i know that when i first joined on Path, it was like here there's a dragon blood kickstarter happening tomorrow uh learn about exalted and i was like i don't know anything about exalted <laughs> <laughs> Well, I already knew a little bit about Exalted. Yeah. I mean, I've I've played it before. Um so I'm I'm not like completely in the dark about it. I did help run the Sidereals Kickstarter. Um right. and and that went pretty well. Uh so yeah, I mean it's been it's been okay. I you know, I try to keep up with the the internal work discord, but mm-hmm. the Honestly, the writers are so very excited about their work that it moves a little fast for me. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll pop in and there will be like a hundred new messages. And I'm like, oh God, I'm not reading all that. And I'm like, if somebody needs something, they'll ping me. <laughs> yeah, that's generally uh, where I go when I have a work discord. I like, I like keep myself on like ping all the time in like the the dev channel specifically. But yeah. all the writer channels, I'm like, if they need me, they'll call me. It's, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we're talking about our our Discord work habits, uh, there have been times on because we also have a Trinity Discord as well, mm-hmm. not nearly as early, but every once in a while, there there's uh, a, a excitement, and there have been times where I've been like, I'm just gonna 
mute this project for a couple of days, come back to it when it's <laughs> they calm down a bit. <laughs> right? No, I for the longest time I had the Scion work Discord muted. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm working on a Scion book, so I was like, oh, I guess I should unmute this Discord <laughs> and actually like pay attention to what's going on in here. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, I know that sometimes people, um, like in the Discord on the forums and things, seem a little surprised if one of us internal folks doesn't know something. But like, I'm not in the Trinity or Scion Discords right now because they were both made after the last work I did on those books. Mm -hmm. um, well, in terms of like writing work. Um, and so I just haven't had to join them. And frankly, like, that's kind of cool. Like, I like seeing new things pop up that I'm like, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's fun, even as an internal person to occasionally be like, oh, a project that's, that's, that's not a thing I've looked at for the past six months to a year. Well, and also, I mean, it's, it's a fire hose, right? Like, there's a reason yeah. why there's now four of us. Um, because, uh, uh but I took a digression briefly and realized that at one point in time, Rose Bader was doing all of this, and that is just a Herculean task. Now, granted, we had a lot fewer game lines going on at that time, but, still, but it was but still, still a huge deal, yeah. Um, and honestly, uh, I have learned, particularly as I get older, that um, you can't just pay attention to all of it, right? Because yeah. then nothing, nothing gets done. Nothing useful gets done. Oh, uh, yeah. So there are certainly times where it's like, you know, like during the Pugmire Kickstarter, I was pretty much focused on on, on Pugmire and a couple other things. Um, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean I'm not going to let those other things kind of just sit and languish. I'm still going to stay on top of like, you know, the logistics of it. Uh, but I mean, I'm not doing critical thinking about those books right then. So, you know, there's like the world below. I mean, that kind of, I don't know much about it at all, frankly, because I kind of just did it and is doing stuff with it. I know you've worked on it, but I mean, it, it's, it sounds cool. I I'm in the work discord, but I just, again, I kind of music. It's like, I'm not needed here right now. I don't and, have the, the mental space to kind of focus on this and Pugmire and Trinity and, 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 and. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Like all I know about the world below is that it's underground and there's giant beetles. You can write apparently. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Kinds of dragons. There are some, some just different kinds of dragons. Which yeah. is artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I know, I know from Rich's artwork and our conversation where I got excited about writing giant beetles. <laughs> but no, it is it is fun to like see new games for a line you've worked on that you didn't actually work on. Like it's kind of fun to be like, oh, a new Trinity project that I didn't know about. That's cool. I get to just enjoy yeah. it. Um, so that that all said, uh, there there's some shuffling. There might be some more new people at some point. You might. Well, if, if if so, we might do interviews with them. We might not. Who knows? Uh, we definitely try to play it by ear. But as of right now, this has become a a permanent thing that I'm sure a lot of people have picked up on, uh, especially since Danielle has been on the podcast the last several weeks now. But we realized we haven't interviewed Danielle since like 2018 about herself and her work. Um, and that's probably outdated now, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, been been a little bit. An entire pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because she, she was one of the first people that we interviewed and we were doing the like meet the team interviews for the first year or so. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the format has changed a little bit since then because there's always so much team you can meet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we were still doing it now. I mean, who would you be interviewing? It would be like, here's the person who did the correction on this one page 17 years ago. <laughs> 
meet meet the indexer right meet yeah. the- i mean i i love our indexer we i i happily have her on <laughs> right uh meet the, the i don't know there's there's yeah, people I mean, you it, could meet but it, it, yeah it, 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 it's definitely a case of like you're right there, there's only so much team especially because we so many of us do multiple jobs right so there's certainly a certain amount of oh it's Eddie again, <laughs> it's Danielle again. I mean, so, so on some level, it's like it, it also gets kind of cyclical. But but you're right. We we each did our own kind of let's talk about who we are way back when we first started this, and then we did a, a recap of that around episode 200. I think we did a new version mm-hmm. of those. Um, so it absolutely is time for us to kind of have a proper sit down and and unpick Danielle's brain. Unpick it. Un- un- unpick it. We're gonna unpick put things it. back in her brain. Yes. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> and then close it up and just send her on her way. Please don't. <laughs> Eddie does kind of suck, huh? Yeah. Um, see? Wow. <laughs> no. So this I is going to go back to a third three people podcast real soon. Let me tell you. Apparently. I mean, I'm just glad to have an ally now. Now that <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um. So. We can go back and talk a little bit about where you got started, but I think if people really want to hear all those stories, they can go back to the original episode from forever ago because that's material is still prescient. So what are you working on now? Like what are your main areas in Onyx Path that you are in charge of? Uh, well, I am in charge of the Exalted line, as we discussed. Um, I am also in charge of the Story Path Ultra uh project mm-hmm. um as like um the mechanical system designer also story path itself as the mechanical system uh person so mm-hmm. any story path game book line whatever um so while eddie does uh trinity continuum and uh matthew does scion um I still do approvals for the mechanic sides of those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the like world below, like I've been looking at this, the mechanics for that and um, any of the other many, many un- unannounced games that we have going with story past ultra right now. Yeah. Um, I am uh, in charge of making sure that their mechanics all kind of mesh together are using the story path ultra stuff um so there's a lot of essentially system lead stuff that i do um and that is kind of the big thing that i do uh within the the grand scheme of things honestly it's really good to have one person who's kind of like systems lead because historically i mean people pointed out there's there's been drift between all the story path games right yes. um and some of those are just improvements that we made over the years and some of those are just different developers interpreting things differently right. or writing things differently and having one person who can kind of standardize all of it um is really 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 helpful <laughs> to the yeah. entire like body of work here on XPath. absolutely because, I mean, I can tell you that for, you know, years we've been hiring Danielle as a developer on things, being like, oh, she's good at mechanics. Let's, let's put her yeah. on this book. Uh, and now it's like, she's good at mechanics. Let's just put her in the company. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I say let's, it's not like this is, like, my, like, this is Rich's decision. Um, but I, I really like how flexible we've been 
as we've added people in on various bases uh, to do various things. And having someone else like Danielle, too, who can also help with the podcast has been really nice uh, because now that Eddie has moved, we've got two people in the U.S. and two people in the U.K. Right. And so recording is not always the easiest thing for us. We've we've made it work with Matthew for a long time. But now that it's two folks over there, like, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm not getting up at like 6 a.m. my time to do podcasts (laughs) unless you just want me to be groaning the whole time. As having a second person that if we need to record in the afternoon or that I can bounce ideas off of in the afternoon is nice because otherwise it would have been like, well, it's after 1 p.m. Eddie and Matthew were gone for the day. Just going to work by myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Shooting out emails going, well, I'll see the when I wake up in the morning, something will have come in at four o'clock in the morning. Actually, the funniest is when I see emails come in when I haven't gone to bed yet, which has happened a couple times when it'll be like Mm -hmm. 1 a.m. And I'm like wrapping up watching a movie and suddenly my like phone is like emails from Eddie. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, um, and it's something I'm personally working on, but something that, that Dixie and I both kind of noticed. And then is that there was a weird point in the company where someone in Onyx Path was up at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I get up about 530 British time, which is about midnight ish e- Eastern so yeah you know, and I, like I i rarely go to bed before midnight like right usually i go to bed between 12 30 and 1 30 you and my cheney balls tend to be up pretty late at night um mm. and so i would i got i fell into a habit of at first thing in the morning of course i'd seen all the uh, uh for me stuff that happened overnight emails and square messages and so i started answering them when i first got up and then it's just kind of a weird loop of like then um Dixie and Mike would go to bed for a while. And so me and Matthew would be working on the same time zone. And then towards my evening and Matthew's evening is then as we know, people like Rich and Danielle and I start getting up. Um, and so the point where it's like, I was, I'm working all day. That's kind of weird. Um, uh, but, but as a result of that, you're right. It has unintentionally come into a nice thing where now there's kind of a, a, a European team and a, you know, uh, Eastern Central Zone team. Yeah. Uh, that way it's a little easier to at least have another colleague to, I guess, bounce ideas off of or, or, or get in contact with or have a meeting with. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, you also don't want to run into the thing where, like, that, that I've run into with, like, West Coast folks where they'll ping you sometimes and not realize that, it, you know, for me, it's it's 1230 at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not answering work questions right now. I'm having a glass of wine and watching a horror movie. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want that to happen with like you and Matthew. So I am glad that y'all have been good about boundaries and turning your stuff off because I might just unthinkingly ping you at 5 p.m. my time. Sure, right. Be like, oh, hey, Eddie, can you answer this question real quick? And it's like, oh, wait, no, it is 10 p.m. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, that has been, for me, one of the biggest problems is because for some reason when I was in the U.S., I could do time zone math really good. And it's like, oh, I add five hours to this and subtract mm-hmm. one or two or three hours from that. And I, I was always really good about time zones. And then for some reason, it I just couldn't do it. Uh, so I, I was off by two hours a lot the first couple of weeks, actually the first couple of months that I've been here. I think this past Monday meeting that we talked, you said something or like recently, you were like, what? said so like like 1 p.m. tomorrow when I was like, it's 3 p.m. tomorrow. And you were like, yeah. oh, damn it. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still wrapping my head around it. Um, so uh, it's, 
I don't know how we got here. How do we get? How do we get to this topic? We're here we're to be now. We're talking I, about time I zones. was because well, I was talking about having someone on my U.S. side right, that I can right. talk to if I need to ping somebody. Because like, you know, sometimes you're pinging somebody with a work question, but we are we are all, all, also all friends. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I ping Eddie like a Transformers meme, and that's okay to send somebody at nine p.m. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> that's totally okay to send like at three in the morning, at any time of the day. Just send yeah. over yeah. those memes. Like, yeah. um, for example, uh, Danielle and I have noticed that in our spam folders, oh um, my God. <laughs> we have both been getting spam bots, but they're using each oh? other's names. So now I'll get an email from Danielle about checking out her photos, and then she'll get the same day an email from me, quote unquote, check, checking go, out my photos. I can go in my spam folder right now, and I bet, hold on, let me look. Uh, from Eddie Webb, this was on April 10th, so literally yesterday. Uh, Eddie Webb's email, by the way, is lj994678 at schools.mk. In case please, anybody wants to email, email Eddie, Eddie Webb. Webb. <laughs> uh, and the message is, actually, I'm sure this photo will bring back some memories with a link. <laughs> that is totally not to a photo website. You should 1,000% yeah. click on that link, yeah. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so, actually, so yeah, that, that's something going like off hours. I'm like, oh, here's another one. Day. No, I'm just screenshotting and sharing with each other because it's just hilarious. It's, it's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. These two um, spam bots are really into each other. They really are. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's, it's, it's... I actually don't get spam in my Onyx Path email because I have a specific different email. Mm-hmm. So unlike my primary email, I haven't used it to sign up for a bunch of shit over the past decade. Sure. Uh, so I get no spam. It's kind of great. Sometimes things go to spam that shouldn't, which yeah. is super fun. <laughs> Always I, love it when someone's like, I emailed you about that a week ago. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> I um, I have been in a like on contract as an in-house person uh-huh. since July of 2022. Right. And I do not have an Onyx Path email. Why don't you make one? I, at onyxpath.com like i can't oh, just most of one. us don't have those no no oh. um uh, uh, the the uh, i i don't remember the reason but i think we only have a limited number of those and so only a couple people have those okay. yeah okay uh, um no um uh, dixie made a dixie.onyxpath Ah, uh, email. Yeah. Okay. Which, like, I, 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 I don't want to say it on the podcast because it's linked on our website. I was, I, was like, I was like, I should not be saying this, but. <laughs> but anybody really wants to email me at dixie.onyxpath at gmail.com, um, I guess that's fine. Uh, I, I probably won't answer you unless your email is really interesting. Right. No, but. Or for about <laughs> editing. Or, yeah, or like about work, maybe. No, honestly, like, for me, I, I, did, I did the opposite of Dixie, where, like, I've had the same email account for. 15 years at this point. Um, yep. And for like the longest time, I was like, I don't need, I, I can do everything in one email. And um, about two-ish years ago, it was during the pandemic when I was starting to actually address my mental health. It's like, yeah, it turns out having all my personal stuff and all my work stuff in the exact same space is perhaps unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, ma- I made a personal account, um, which like Dixie says, actually, I don't get very much spam on the personal account because it's relatively new. Um, and so now I'm trying to bifurcate and, and peel stuff off and reassign it to my personal account. So it's a little more separation. Um, but because I just have so much useful data in my email from past 15 years, I can't really just like nuke that and start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, either way, spam conversations aside, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so what have you been doing, uh, D, when it comes to like the Trinity stuff that, that, that you've worked on now that you're, you're over here all the time? Is that still something that you're handling as far as like the adventure kind of lead dev situation? Yeah. Yeah. So all of my development projects, I'm still developing or working on mm -hmm. as the developer. Uh, but, um, I am not doing as many personal development projects, um, right. as I was before. I have scaled that stuff back, you know, since, you know, some of these things I was working on well before I started with the group. Uh, right. But since I took, you know, got on contract and started working more uh, kind of full time, um, I've scaled back writing work. I've scaled back development work. I'm not doing that as much as I was before because um, I am either developing core books for projects that I can't talk about. Or, right. <laughs> I am, or I am helping other people uh, with their core books, like, right? So I worked on The World Below um, doing, you know, systems stuff uh, because it was Story Path Ultra. It was our first Story Path Ultra book. Um, we wanted to make sure that the system was actually Story Path Ultra um, and made sense. Uh, so I wrote that stuff and then also, you know, all of the setting stuff and everything else, um, I've gone through to help kind of, uh, make sure that like, not like, oh, this setting thing needs to change or anything like that, mm. because that's, that is Matthew's Ballywick. But I have helped with, you know, either, uh, this feels complicated or doesn't make as much sense or, you know, there's some structural issues with how this ma material is presented to players, especially players who want to, um, you know, use this information to pick something. Right. Uh, because, you know, when you're going through character creation, if you have 50 different options, that can get overloading really quickly. And that's just hyperbole. There were not 50 different options, but there were a lot of options that were in you know, kind of different courts and, and they all made sense and they were all really flavorful and great. So, you know, we talked about how to make that into um, a more digestible format. Mm -hmm. uh, so just stuff like that. Um, and because I'm doing that kind of work, uh, you know, reading through an entire rule book for approval uh, takes a lot of time. <laughs> It really does. Because uh, I'm not just reading it for funsies, which I am, but also with the critical thought in mind of, does this make sense? Is this helpful? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, if I were, you know, I am reading this for the first time in a lot of places, but if I were a brand new player to Onyx Path or to games in general, would I understand this material? Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I I, I recently edited uh, Realms of Pugmire, and mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Like taking someone who you know has been steeped in Pugmire since 2015, pretty much, because mm -hmm. I edited the core, and also I'm a big fan of it. I'm also running it right now, um, and trying to go like, wait a minute, does this actually make sense, or do I just know what this means because I know what Eddie intended? And so I've had to like pull back and. It really is interesting how there are different ways of reading. And yeah. mm -hmm. people who aren't in 
any industry or any kind of job where they have to do that might not understand it quite as easily. But there's so many different kinds of reading, which I mean, most people at least know from like, you know, school, because there's reading critically, and then there's reading for fun. And then there's reading with different kind of eyes and thoughts in your head the whole time. Um, because I, you know, I have to turn my editor brain off to read a novel. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I'd be the most insufferable person to read novels. Uh, could be like, oh, I would have worded this differently. Um, even just, you know, subconsciously, I'd be thinking all that. Uh, but when it comes to this, like, yeah, ha having to look at it and, and go like, okay, if I've never seen this book before, what, 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 what would I think? If right. I've seen this book before and I'm kind of a fan of this system, how would this work, et cetera, et cetera. And it's interesting you bring up, um, when you bring your assumptions to reading the manuscript, because uh, I just got through a read of Branch Riders. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a game that Onyx Path is publishing, but is not a game that Onyx Path initially developed or designed. It's right, completely right. different to the Battle Group team. And so even though I've been in meetings with them and advised them at the end of the day, I was trying very hard to make sure that I was answering the questions that they were asking and not just kind of shoving it into a certain direction because that's what Onyx Path does. Right. And so when I got the manuscript and reviewed it, it was a lot of like, you know, they just organized things differently. They approached things differently. They, they talked about things differently. And they're fans of our game. So some of that stuff was kind of also there, but they were approaching it from a fresh perspective. And so it's the, okay, I need to turn off part of brains. Like, no, we put the fiction first and then we do this and then we do this. Like, you know, cause that's, that's how honest. I doesn't know. It's like, okay, is this actually the best thing for this game? Right. Uh, uh, and, and you're right. That is, it's, it's hard and weirdly exhausting, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it requires a different skill set and it requires a different mentality while reading because I can read other people's game books and not be like, right. Critically thinking about, oh, I would have phrased this better. Like, then no, um, gosh, that would be exhausting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, try, trying to read, like, anything for pleasure with my editor brain would make me pull my hair out. <laughs> that said, um, I stumbled across something recently that actually made me think of you, Dixie, and I, I forgot to mention it off mic, so I'm just going to take up. Cool. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I backed uh, a reprint of a bunch of Solar Pond stories, which were a Sherlock Holmes knockoff. The details uh -huh. of it, I won't go into unless someone asks. Suffice to say, um, one of the things that they talk about in the beginning of each of the volumes is that this is an accurate reprint of what the author August, August Derleth wrote. And they specifically, there was a version that was put out that corrected typos, but that was so egregious that I actually ended up kind of just introducing a whole new material. Huh. Every rewrite. And so they specifically said, we're going to preserve exactly what the original manuscript is. And so you're going to see typos. They are intended. They are part of the original manuscript. And that's part of our preservation effort. And that weirdly made it easier for me to read it that way. Yeah. Because that's like, oh, a typo. Oh, okay. That, that's an interesting thing. Well, I wonder what happened there. And you know, I started thinking about the typo in the context of the historical writing rather than being annoyed by it. Mm. Totally. Yeah, no, I am I am fine with it if it's intentional or like even if it wasn't originally intentional. But yeah, like like you were saying, the fact that like, oh, it's a historical context, we're gonna keep it the way it was, I I'd probably be fine reading that, even though if I read it without that note, I would be like, Why is this wrong? Why couldn't they fix it? Exactly, right. Because I mean, uh some of it was stuff like, you know, um 
I mean, these stories were written like in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So like some of it's just heavy semicolon use. That was just the style of like 30s writing at the time. Um, some of it was these mm-hmm. are stories ostensibly written in or set in England, but written by an American. So stuff like I'm already seeing like, oh, you know, that's not the first floor. It's the ground floor, you know, stuff like that. Um, but some of it was just straight up like there's a comma and a period together or there's a space in this word that doesn't belong there. And normally that a certain point of time that actually does bother me. Um, but for this, it was just like weirdly gratifying. It's like, okay, you know, this is intentional. This is a preservation effort. So I'm almost pleased to see them. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be kind of like a scavenger hunt at that point. Exactly. Where you're like, you're like, not going to find the typers. So I'm thinking in front of all of our books, we should say that <laughs> these are preservation <laughs> efforts for yeah. these manuscripts. And so any typos you find or mistakes you find are, are, are there to preserve the state of the manuscript as it was originally written. So um, you're saying I can still get paid and just stop doing my job because that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, Sorry, D, go ahead. I like to think that typos or misspelled words or dropped out words or things like that, that, that those little artifacts that show up in a printed manuscript are like uh, hidden Easter eggs. Right. Um, they, are, they are proof that we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also proof that uh, it, 10 people can look at the same thing and miss, miss it. My, uh, one of my Pugmire players opened the Squeaks in the Deep book on our, at our session zero and asked why a thing was a certain way. And I looked at it after having proofed it and done the errata and worked on it. And I said, because we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And it was such a stupid little thing that one of us should have caught. Because uh, if you look at the callings, I forgot which one it is. One of the callings, the color switching on the like six whatevers uh-huh. isn't right. <laughs> oh. It's got like two black ones in a row and then a purple one. And oh. she thought it was calling out something special because she's not used to our books. And I was like, nope, no one noticed that. Nope. It's in print yeah. now. Enjoy your enjoy your special copy. But yeah, sorry, D. Please continue. Uh, yeah, so I... I'm always like, yeah, we're not perfect. And this is, you know, a in memorial of that truth. The mm. humans made this product. I, I like to think of them as maybe like the scars that all humans have. These are our <laughs> belly buttons. Nice. I love that. It. That typo that you found in my book, that's the book's belly button. Aww. I don't I like that. the idea of giving birth to a book. I I didn't mean it like that, but like that's where belly buttons come from. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, but they're like your first scar. I can see that. Right. It, it is a blemish that makes it unique, or a tattoo if you prefer. Sure. Yeah, I mean, my boyfriend's got a birthmark on his arm that he uses to indicate that he's not a clone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, think of it that way. It means that we actually wrote these books from scratch. <laughs> Artisanal books. Artisanal. I mean, one of the points of artisanal things is that everyone is, you know, different and unique in its own way sometimes. <laughs> we should uh, we should do a print run where every every book has a different typo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh, somebody would consent to the price for that. <laughs> it costs like several thousand dollars to start up a printing press for like one run. <laughs> can you imagine if they had to do that? for Like, yeah, we can do that, Danielle, but only if the books cost $25,000 each. <laughs> who knows there might be a market for that I, 
If somebody wants to spend $25,000 for a bespoke typo book, please just give me $25,000 and I'll get the white out and we'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask, Nadi, what are your, like, kind of, I mean, clearly you're part of the team. We were all friends before you joined, which is why it's been a little hard to, like, interview you as, like, a new person. Sure. Because um, we've all been friends for years. In fact, you've been friends with a lot of these folks longer than before I knew you, you know? Like, yeah. I actually met you at Gen Con 2017 um, yeah. because there was one extra spot for delicious food, and I was lucky enough to get it. Uh, <laughs> but how has it been transitioning into being on the Monday meeting team? Because I knew, like, there's always this kind of, like, not not much of a divide, but there is definitely, you know, kind of an aura of mystery around the Monday meeting versus being a developer, even a long-time developer. Um, so, so transitioning into this where you're not only with us full time, but you're a full member of the team. Um, how has that been for you? Has there been any like surprises or things that you're delighted by or things that you didn't expect? Um, I mean, so, I mean, it, it's kind it doesn't feel super different. Right. Um, I, you know, when I first transitioned to working, doing, uh, freelance full time, it was because I had started working as an, an in-house developer for John Wick Presents. Right. And we would do these kind of production meetings weekly uh, with that company. And so while the structure of the Monday meeting is different from that, it is also extremely familiar. So it's just, it's a production meeting. We talk about what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it just kind of felt like, Hey, now I have a weekly meeting that I'm doing as opposed to uh, sitting at my house, you know, one, <laughs> doing nothing. Uh, not that I was sitting around doing nothing, <laughs> but um, I, I kind of like having meetings, especially set up like in the early part of my day, because mm -hmm. they, they give me a little more reason to get started working earlier. And even though I know that I am the kind of person I work I'm a morning person. I work better in the morning. I get most, like if I get up early and get started working, I am more productive in the morning. By, by after lunchtime, I am kind, even if I sleep all day, have lunch and then try to work, I'm a useless sack of flesh. Um, but if <laughs> I, but if I wake up on four hours of sleep and get started at 7 a.m., I am extremely productive. I don't understand that dichotomy, but that is the way it works. I am the exact opposite of you, where, like, as, as, as long as I sleep for six and a half to seven hours, I can get up and get started whenever. <laughs> but, yeah. like, I have to sleep for generally six is my minimum, I have found. And my body, because as we know, everybody's body is different and eight hours does not work for everybody, my body really prefers about nine. If if I can get that in, oh um, sure. So like I I like sleeping for about nine hours. That's when I feel the best. I can function on six and a half. The minute you get under six, I start to get real iffy. No matter what time of day I wake up. Yeah, I if I only get a few hours of sleep, it, it is definitely like I'll wake up, I'll be fine, but then I'll hit a wall, uh, and I'll hit that wall way sooner than if I had the appropriate amount of sleep. Um, but it's, it's my like weird superpower is that when I've spent a night drinking, um, and I get like really wasted, I wake up the next morning after about four hours of sleep and I could just clean my whole house or like huh. be ridiculously productive. I may still be drunk. 
but wow. I'm still just like, what? I'm 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 awake and I'm doing shit. It's like the weirdest superpower ever. That's wow. super weird because when I've done that, like you know, sometimes you drink a bunch and you wake up after like four hours for no reason. You probably are still drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, it is rare that I drink that much, but you know, every now and then. Every now and, and then. And I'm just useless the next day. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all I want to do is either like play a video game or like sit on my couch. <laughs> yeah, like I will get up. I will definitely hit a wall, but yeah. I will get up and in those. Like, first few hours after I wake up, I'm, like, this weird powerhouse. I mean, weirdly, for the past little bit here, because I've I've done this a couple times, I have been doing that at night, where I know, I know that you saw in a different Discord that we're in, I ended up cleaning my entire desk area last night uh, at, like, 11.30 to 12.15. Because mm-hmm. uh, my desk collects things. Not, like, garbage for the most part, but, like... If you give me a week or two, my desk will be covered in like makeup and pens and like just books and just little silly things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been the opposite where I've been like, I have a glass of wine with dinner, watch something with my boyfriend. Then he goes to bed at like 10. And then like an hour later, I'm like, I should organize the study. <laughs> so I'm in here trying to like quietly organize the study at like 1130 at night without bothering him sleeping in the next room or my downstairs neighbor's. <laughs> Now, luckily, mm-hmm. my main downstairs neighbor works nights, so he's never home. Uh, but, but, but yeah, like just kind of like having these weird motivational kicks after like two glasses of wine at midnight, and I don't know why my my body's doing that now, but it is. Right, it's weird. It's really weird. Is what it is. It, right, and and I have the the similar like. Uh, anyway, so I work better in the morning, so it's nice to have meetings set up in the morning. So the mon- the Monday meeting has essentially given me a little extra structure to my day. Um, mm-hmm. As most people in the pod- PathCast who listen to the PathCast and have heard me in the past couple of weeks know, we got we recently got a new puppy Yay, back, Klaus. back in February, Klaus, who is just the cutest little guy. Uh, he's not as little as he used to be, but <laughs> he's still little. Um, to me, he's just a little guy. He's your baby. He's my baby. But he is a also a morning dog. Uh, when the sun comes up, it is time to get up. And I thought maybe like, oh, well, he's got a little puppy bladder, so I'll let him out. He'll use the bathroom and then we can go back to bed. Absolutely not. Uh, The most I can get is like another 30 minutes of sleep before he's just like, let me out, let me out. I want to do stuff. Um, Because we, he is still young enough where he, we, he sleeps in a crate um, at night so that he does not Mm. wake, wake up in the middle of the night and just chomp something. So uh, I just get up at 7am now. uh, And that has been my life for the past two months. And First, I was like, oh, you know, he will fall asleep. He'll, he gets up and he wants to be active for like an hour or two. And then it's like nappy time. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll get up and I'll entertain him for about an hour and then we'll go take a nap. And so I was doing this thing where I'd get up at seven and then from like eight to nine, I'd take a nap and then he'd wake up again and then keep me up. And then I would fight being awake and then I would try to do some stuff and then I wasn't really getting started working until like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was just like, I can't keep taking a nap. Like, I just can't do it. He wakes me up. He, he like, I can't put him in the crate for that nap. So it's just like us on the couch and he'll just get up. And if I'm still asleep, he'll go and chomp something. <laughs> like <laughs> I lost part of my pen this morning because I was in the bathroom. 
Um, I gotta gotta oh, keep no. an eye on him at all times. And he uh so I'm just like, okay, that's it. I I get up, I do like an hour of entertaining the dog, and then I sit down by eight o'clock to just start working. And honestly, I have been loads more productive. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like I know that this is true. I know I'm more productive in the morning, but sometimes it's really hard to convince my brain, yeah, that it that I should be doing this thing. Also, we've talked in the past, um, just in, in in general, like when you're freelancing full time from home or just working from home in general, like no matter what you're doing, unless you do have some structure, it can be really difficult to get motivated and keep yourself going. Yeah, so keeping absolutely. like any kind of structure is good. Like for some people, like I know, I, I think Eddie tries to get up and like do other stuff before you sit down at your desk yeah. so that you're not just like rolling out of bed working. I also try not to like immediately look at my phone and like look at my emails and things when I first wake up. Right. But for me, it's more of like a 15 minute process. Like I get up, I, you know, do the, do the brush and the teeth and do the clothes and maybe get a coffee or whatever. And then kind of like go to my desk. And once I'm at my desk, I'm in work mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I try to stay in work mode and sometimes work mode, you know, comes and goes cause I, I have ADHD. Uh, sure. but, but, but generally I, I, I try to get up and pretty much immediately go to the computer partially because I do sleep later than a lot of the folks that are, in our company and I want to make sure that I'm around <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also right. partially because I want to get as much work done before my boyfriend gets home because he gets home fairly early um mm -hmm. and he's distracting <laughs> yeah turns out yeah um and and, and it's, it's interesting it's, I'm always fascinated by people's process because um as I'm adjusting one thing I'm kind of falling into is that I spend like about three hours before I start my day now Mm -hmm. Um, and that's new to me because like before it was just, I'd get up, I would go for a walk, I have breakfast and, you know, get a shower and then start work and still like an hour and a half. But I mean, the, I'm most of that time I'm not physically at my desk and therefore couldn't do work even if I wanted to. Right. Right. Um, this is much more of a, okay. You know, I, I've actually started work. I've actually incorporated yoga in, uh, because partially because I'm old and my back is killing me and partially because my, I'm old and my brain hates me. <laughs> um uh, so what again, i'm hearing is that you're old yes i mean that 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 the takeaway from this is that i am old uh but i mean it's um it's like i have the time now so I'm like yeah sure i can work this in and um you know little things like okay well you know i, I got some time to kill so i'll start binging some of these shows that i you know just never got around to watching uh -huh. um it does mean that basically when my day's over i kind of have dinner spend about an hour with my family and go to bed so i mean that's that's the the downside of it but it's, it's been interesting as i kind of structure that because I, I'm, I'm like danielle my, my, my morning tends to be the most creative so i'm trying to find that sweet spot of making sure i'm still using that that creative juice when i have it but not spending my entire day working mm. right so in the last little bit here, um, let's, let's talk a little bit, like, what are some of the projects that you're most excited about right now that you can talk about, obviously, because <laughs> we always have a few things that we can't talk about, but uh, what are you kind of overseeing and or developing yourself and or working on that you're, uh, you're looking forward to right now, Danielle? Um, you know, well, there's the uh, Player's Guide Kickstarter that's going on right now. Yes. Um, and that's just kind of, it, mm -hmm. it's been fun. And honestly, I've been kind of overwhelmed with the amount of positive feedback that we've been seeing from backers. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, and, and we've got like, it's a supplement, you know, it, it's, it's costed lower than a core book. So it's not going to make a ton of money to begin with. Yeah. Um, but it's got over 700 backers. 
which is phenomenal to me that 700 people want to pick up this core, you know, the supplement to a core book. And just in case um, anybody's confused about the timing of this, uh, it did end a couple days ago, uh, based on when this comes out. But right. as of a time uh, of recording is where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've just been overwhelmed by, you know, the positive response that people have had to it. Um, so that's been really great. Um, it's probably one of the most like the easiest Kickstarters I've overseen as far as, or crowdfunder, use the mm -hmm. right word, uh, as far as like, hey, you know, th this is, uh, people are being positive, people are excited about the material, people are talking about it, um, no, you know, nobody's noticing giant glaring errors or problems, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty fantastic. Uh, then I'm also working with Matthew on The World Below. That's very exciting. He's been releasing a lot of cool stuff on uh, the uh, Onyx Path blog uh, to, to highlight some of the really cool stuff that's going on there. And then the other things that I'm really excited about that I can't wait for people to see are things I can't talk about. That, that I do understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, essentially, there are two major projects that I'm working on that I am like vibrating. So I want people to be able to know about them so bad. Mm -hmm. And I will say, as somebody who is watching you take over this team, I am excited about Abyssals. Because <laughs> we were just barely talking about Abyssals when you took over. And now Abyssals has moved forward and I get to enjoy it as a fan. Yeah, Abyssals is you know, it's, it's wrapped up writing. Um, it's in development. And I am, you know, w excited about seeing it go to approval so I can take a look at it. Everybody has just been so into their work on it. Seeing mm -hmm. the authors talk about their work, talk about, you know, how excited they are about the different aspects of the book. It's been really cool. Uh, you know, all of the people who work on Exalted are fans of Exalted. They oh, yeah. they all love the game very much. Uh, and just seeing people kind of in a shared space, goobing about the game they love is always fun to see. <laughs> it really is. Especially when you have all the, you know, there are quite a few of us kind of weird, weird goth folks who are into uh, Exalted. So seeing Abyssals, it's like, yes, my little goth babies. Please mm -hmm. come to life. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, uh, if, if you want to talk a little bit about just projects you have out there if people wanted to get a feel for kind of what you've done over the past you know several years you've been in this industry um, um yeah what and it, it doesn't all be onyx path stuff just is there what would you recommend people look at to kind of get a feel for danielle's work oh man so that's hard because there's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> that i've worked on that i've done development for um, honestly, if I were to say like, th these things are kind of the, not the pinnacle or anything like that, but indicative of the kind of things that I do, the, the direction that I take, that kind of thing. Um, I would take a look at, uh, the Scion Dragon. I developed that book mm -hmm. and there's a lot of the kind of games I like to run and play built into that game. 
So it is a, it's a good look at especially my uh, mentality on systems design and my mentality on integrating systems with setting. Then you could also take a look at, so for writing stuff, gosh, I've worked on so much stuff. It's really hard, <laughs> like really, really hard. Um, yeah, no, it is. I, I have trouble recommending stuff, but I mostly just edit things. And I'm still kind of like, I worked on all these things I love. I'm sorry. There's too many. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, I wrote the adventure in Pirates of Pugmire. And I really think that that adventure was a, like, it was loads of fun to write. And, you know, Eddie can tell you whether or not he thinks it sucks. But if, if he does, he can shut up about it. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you now. The good. <laughs> Don't. Uh, fine. Fine. But I think that that's kind of a, a good indication of like the kind of adventure style that I like for, you know, investigation, a little bit of combat, uh, hard, hard choices about complicated villains, that kind of thing. Let's see. I did a lot of development work for Seventh Sea, pretty much the, the Nations of Thea. Volumes one and two, I developed. There's a lot of the way that I um, like to present information, um, especially on a setting that is so robust as the uh, the Seventh Sea setting is. So, uh, and updating old like first edition material to second edition material, like the. There's a lot of first edition material for 7th C. We were updating things for second edition. And, you know, I have a mentality about updating editions, which is that uh, you should kill your darlings, um, sacrifice your sacred cows. Agreed. And, uh, and, and murder your tropes. Uh, a second edition is a second edition for a reason, and you're not beholden to what came before. So there's a lot of that going on in the Nation of Thea books. I wish I could tell you to take a look at the Secret Societies book, but um, no, no shade to Chaosium. Uh, it's just not the book that I had originally had in my head right. when we first started developing it, and I was not a you know I don't work for Chaosium um, and they finished the development on it and made some changes to it, which are fine. The book is fine, but it is only partially what I wanted a book like that to look like. Um, and a lot of that comes down to monetary constraints because the things that I wanted to be able to do required a lot more art budget, a lot more. Oh yeah print budget, things like that. Um, so I don't blame them for not being able to do it in any way, shape, or form. Um, but the material there is still good, and it's still what I developed. It's just the the art assets that go along with the material aren't quite as what I had envisioned. Yeah, I mean, that. I wish that every time that somebody comes along and says that like they really love these big like artifact books that we've put out, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's like a first edition uh clan books for Requiem or something like uh Becca's Jihad or whatever, I wish that I could show people a comparison between the art budget for an artifact heavy book and an art budget for something else. Yeah. Because it, it's it's just so different. 
yeah, it's wild. There's just so much um, that goes into that. So, yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, time, energy, and lots of money. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's not feasible for every project. And I, I love what you put out. And it's cool when we get to do artifact stuff. But it's just not something that we're going to do all the time. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably a similar thing that happened over at Chaosium. Is they just kind of looked at it and they were like, well, it would be cool. But <laughs> right. Yeah. We just can't afford. And this book needs to get out. Like I, I totally, like I said, I don't blame them at all. Like they, they picked up, uh, you know, the, the remains of a Kickstarter that had some promises that they needed to fulfill um, from a company that was honestly going under and had a lot of debt. And so that, you know, in paying off that debt, it reduced how much they could spend on other things. Totally. Eddie, is there anything that you wanted to ask, Danielle, before we start scooting along here? Partially because there's a big garbage truck outside my window right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I've been pretty systemically abused throughout this podcast. I think you were going to say, first of all, how dare you? Systemically (laughs) abused. All right. Um, But also, I mean, for for, for people who don't know, uh, Danielle and I have known each other for, what, 15 years now? Oh, yeah, something like that. I um, I don't I don't even know when we first met. Yeah, it's it's it, it's 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 been it's been a minute. Let's put it that way. Been a hot um, minute, yeah. And, and and so we we have this we're very comfortable with each other. So this kind of joking is just very natural to us. So so in case people are actually listening and concerned, no, this is just how we talk. <laughs> yes. Um, but it does make it hard for me to ask questions because I mean, we, you know, I, I do know uh, a, a fair bit about you and certainly we have both worked on projects that we can't talk about which makes things kind of awkward <laughs> yeah that yeah. is so much fun when you're like i want to talk to you about a thing that i can maybe talk to you about later <laughs> right <laughs> like some some other time oh man right. we should oh you know what we should do okay podcast idea for okay, for oh, the, okay. For not the next pathcast, but some sometime in the you know close future we'll just workshop um, this Right yeah, now. we'll workshop yeah. it because <laughs> I think this, I think I think this is interesting. We will talk about all of the projects we're not allowed to talk about in the only ways that we can talk about them. <laughs> okay. Just be as vague as possible. <laughs> Vague vagaries. Um, you know, I am working on a game. Uh, <laughs> it is with it is with Onyx Path. Um, it's it probably is got some kind book. of powers. Of yeah, some sort. Um, it is a core rule book. I can tell you who worked on the book. Um, <laughs> I can tell you, uh, you know, there will be multiple playable options in the book. Um, I'm giving too much away right now. All of this needs to go in that podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I'm, I'm working on a book. It comprises words. Yeah. Um, it uh, will probably it is in word document form at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it will at some point be in book form. Uh, there there will probably be, over, be art. Somewhere between 100,000, 100,000 words. Yeah, yeah. There will be anywhere between 50 and 500 pages in yeah. the right. finished book. I mean, <laughs> more specific than that, like, you know, I, I have finals in it. It adds up to 155,237 words. Like, we could be real specific with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Most of the information that nobody wants. <laughs> or cares yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this, this manuscript has 75 uses of the word and. 
It oh, also has yeah. at least 26 letters rearranged in different ways. At least. I'm, Maybe more. I, I, well, I'm saying at least because there could be like accented letters. What I don't know about. Up? Maybe there's a German word that has an estet in it. I, I, I don't know. But it has uh, at least 26. I mean, we could talk about some layout ideas that we have for it. We could talk about how many chapters. There's so many things we can talk about for these <laughs> projects that we're just depriving our audience of. Yeah. Also, in case anybody is, is, is confused, we might not all be talking about the same project. We're all right. talking about projects we're working on. I don't know what everybody everybody's referring to. It's kind of great, actually. Um, with that said, I think we can wrap up a little bit early today. We just want to do a little get to know you uh, for Danielle, especially wrapping up our Trinity Players Guide Month, which was uh, one of your one of your babies. Yes, um, I like it, you can you can still back it on Backer Kit once that's all said and done. Um, if you did not back it during the actual crowdfunding campaign, uh, I am a big fan of this book. I love that. I'm not going to lie. I love that a little silly tasty bit that me and Ian did got put into an actual book yeah. and gets to be an allegiance that isn't a book now because uh, I, I love Polyphemus so much. Uh, that that said, if you see that I have a writing credit or that Ian has one on this book, I, I don't know if Ian wrote other stuff, but if you see that I have a writing credit on this book, that's that's the entire writing credit. <laughs> it's just yeah. Polyphemus. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually work on anything else. Um, but I'm so excited to see, like, people are really into the dimension hopping stuff. Which yeah, I yeah. Loving. Like, I think that's so cool. I love the idea. I love that even with, with talents, we're kind of just going into the like, I don't know, they might have just stumbled into it because talents are lucky. They don't know mm -hmm. why they can do these things. Well, yep. and the one, the one thing, I mean, I'm like, like Daniel said, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised and pleased at how well it's being received. But the one thing that the one thread that really has surprised and pleased me the most is the fact that it reminded me that there are people who just love talents. Talents are kind of the default playable yeah, type. I love talents. Right. But it's like, you know, in my head, it was always, okay, yeah, I could play talents in Aberdeen if you want to. You could play talents in Aether if you want to or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's it's the, it's kind of just the default one that like, like, you know, humans in World Darkness or whatever, you know, or Chronicles, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. You can do that. Uh, but people genuinely certainly really love talents and are excited about just playing this level it's not seen as some kind of quote unquote, basic play mm -hmm. level it, it it it's a distinct and enjoyable play style of its own which we have always known but it's really cool to see that lots of people have already kind of glommed onto that and this book is helping to kind of flesh out and accentuate that in a way which i think is fantastic yeah yeah, I mean, I think there's there, there's still folks that maybe you know they see anima and like you're you're, you're playing talents in anima. You're not mm -hmm. playing. I mean, like right. they, you gotta have some some augmentations, but you're still basically just talents. Right. And I love that. Like I, I mean, if you think about it, the bulk of most media, like I consume at least, is not about space travel and aliens and superheroes. Although there's a lot of superhero media. Mm -hmm. Um the bulk of the media I consume is about people doing things in a heightened manner. Right. <laughs> and therefore having a game where you just play people who do things in a heightened manner is not a bad thing. Like it's, it's fun. And you know, I, 
I love every time somebody mentions this in like the Discord, Ian will show up and just have a list of like 500 properties you can emulate with Trinity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why I like it. Like I have had more fun playing the talents in Trinity than I have playing other things. Like I enjoyed my aberrant character. She was cool. But at the same time, I think that because talents are so close to what we are, it's easier just to get into the mindset of one even. Like mm-hmm. Cool, I'm playing, you know, me, but luckier. Or me, exactly. but better at math. Uh, or I'm playing this character that I like from TV, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, pretty much every character in every kind of procedural TV show is a talent. That's just what they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's that's fun. So, yeah, so we have, we have talked extensively about the player's guide. We have made characters for the player's guide. Well, Eddie hasn't because he sucks. Um, we have played yep, a much. of the player's guide. <laughs> this has been my last past cast. Thank you all very much for joining past, me. Past cast. Past cast. Uh, it, it, it is for you now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but wow. if people want to talk to you more about uh, coming onto the team or what you're working on or your vague insinuations as to what you're working on, Danielle, where would they do so? Uh, I'm in the Onyx Path Discord, and you can also find me on uh, the interwebs at uh, www.daniellelozon.com. And also, there's a pretty good list, I think, of uh, things you've worked on there, if you actually want to go look at the list. Yeah, it's not as up-to-date as it should be, but it's it's a pretty in-depth list, yes. I looked at my resume website the other day, and it is like three years out of date. I just quit updating it at some point. Yeah, mine is... Update it. Yeah, my, mine I think still has like a one like they came from the beyond the grave as the Kickstarter that that is ongoing at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> on my website. Things. <laughs> uh, Eddie, what about you? Uh, you can find me at uh, pugsteady.com. That's P-U-G-S-T-A-D-Y. You can also find me that on uh, Twitter and on dice.camp. Dice.camp. That's a new yes, one. which is the Mastodon instance. Mm. That's cool. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Dixie Cyanide. Uh, we already gave you my email earlier in the episode. So, you know, if you want to email me something <laughs> for thing, feel free. Uh, if, you, if you email me anything mean, you're going to be blocked. But if you want to email me like a cool meme or like a picture of a cat or, you know, just tell me I'm doing a good job. I wouldn't mind getting these little affirmations in my inbox. Uh, you can find us at theonyxpath.com. Uh, we have our Discord or Twitter. You can find us all over the place, mostly as the Onyx Path. And as always, many worlds, one path, guys.